0: off it's better having it done by someone you know versus like someone at the corporate office or something who like flies in like kind of like up in the air that movie oh yeah
1: welcome back everybody to the career therapy podcast we have another amazing life after layoff story for the series with sarah brooks Sarah is a freelance writer, editor, and content marketer. Oh, and I'm Martin, uh, the founder of uh, Career Therapy. Good to see you all. And uh, I'm super excited to have Sarah on the show and share her perspective on her industry and uh, share her layoff story. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Martin, for having me. I'm excited to share my story and just be here to chat.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to kick it off the way we always do with the most infamous interview question, tell us about yourself.
0: Hello. Um, that is very infamous. There's a lot <laughs> of ways I could take this. Just kidding. Um, I'm Sarah. I am a content marketer, as Martin mentioned. Um, I am in Chicago, and I'm pretty ingrained in the Chicago art scene. I am a publicist for bands. I'm a music journalist. I'm a writer um, and content creator in the city. And pre-COVID, I liked to go to concerts and try new restaurants. So I will be doing that again.
1: That's amazing. Um, so you've, you've been pretty involved in, you know, the art scene. What sort of, how did you get into the art world in the first place back in the day?
0: Yeah, that, it's a very kismet situation. Um, so I was in my senior year of college at DePaul University, which you also went to, Go Blue Demon. <laughs> um, and <laughs> the founder of a Chicago cultural website called Gaper's Block was speaking to my class. Um, and I have been writing since I was a kid, but never thought of myself as a writer, never called myself a writer. It just felt like someone else was doing that, not me. Um, he came in and he said, you know, if any of you want to write for Gapers Block, just send me an email and we'll we'll see. And I was like, this is my time to be a music journalist. I was really into almost famous at the <laughs> I was time. About and to say. Still am. <laughs> still am. Um, and so I emailed him and then just started um, getting involved in the local journalism scene that way. And then, um, you know, as time went on, I, I began to gain that trust in myself that, you know, I am a writer and this is something that I can do. Um, and I'm counting myself among the cohort of writers around me.
1: That's amazing. I, I hope you got a yeah. chance to see their reunion uh Zoom. Did you see the <laughs> they brought the whole cast of Almost Famous back together like last week? Or I something. haven't
0: seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm not on social media except LinkedIn. Um, so I keep missing like I miss the Princess Bride. I keep missing <laughs> all of the reunions. So I'm gonna look that up later. Fair
1: enough. Fair it. it's probably healthier. <laughs> it's probably a healthier move. Um yeah, well, it's very less cool. fun. Yeah, well, so you got into the writing world, and give us a little bit of a walkthrough of where that led you in your career.
0: Yes, so I always knew I wanted to do something with writing, um, but I also grew up watching both of my parents' work in hospitality. So I loved seeing their joy they got from working with others, um, creating these connections, and just, you know, building relationships throughout their careers. So I wanted to kind of marry both of those things. Um, I ended up working in a couple of hotels after I graduated, and I was still doing music journalism on the side, and then um, I was working at a luxury hotel downtown at Park at Chicago, and when I was there, I was assisting three people, and um, one of them was the PR director, and I found myself asking her to do an extra work and, um, you know, creating a social media calendar for them, and I brought in my, like, DSLR camera one day and, like, took photos for social, and I just could tell I was very into the more writing aspect and the more marketing aspect of things, and I realized I can merge both of them. Um, So after that, I went on to write for um, a couple more hotel groups, most notably Hyatt. I was there for almost three years, Um, and then I worked at Columbia College in Chicago and did more arts and media-based writing, Um, and then most recently, I went to um, an ad agency in Chicago where I wrote for some hospitality and tourism clients there too. Um, so it was really serendipitous, honestly, and um, and just really found my way naturally through there.
1: That's awesome. It's so nice when careers, you know, progress in such natural ways, right? Following that interest and seeing where it takes us. Where were some of the hiccups along the way? What were some of the toughest moments in, in pursuing a career in writing? Because I think a lot of people want that, but maybe are a little intimidated, uh, didn't maybe have that person come to their classroom and open that, that opportunity up. So what were some of the rough parts along the way?
0: Yes, I should say, um, I always and still do have imposter syndrome. So I never went into these experiences being like, I'm gonna be a superstar, like I'm so great at this. It was more of like, you know, what if they figure out I can't do this or something? Like it was very like, I saw all of these expert journalists and it made me question my own abilities. Um, so that was really hard, and that's something that I still struggle with now, um, even though I know that, you know, I am good at what I do, and I feel like I can, you know, speak the value that I have, but um, yeah, there were a lot of twists and turns. I mean, my first job was in um, revenue, which I was really excited to have a job in 2012 when, you know, remnants of the recession were still mm-hmm. happening. Um but I learned then that my skills are very much allocated toward a word <laughs> and creativity-based system versus a numeric system. Um, so that was a little tough. And honestly, I think the toughest thing is feeling like I had to have a plan. Like by this age, I need to be this title or I need to be making this much money or something like that. That can just create... Um, a lot of stress. And looking back, I was really happy in all of my jobs. Um, And I wish I would have just stopped focusing on like, what's three steps ahead and um, kind of enjoyed the cool things I got to do along the way.
1: That's such good, good advice, because I think so often, um, especially with social media, right? And and maybe we can talk a little bit more about your decisions with social media usage. But um, there is sort of this never-ending next thing that you have to look at. This keeping up with the Joneses that that tends to happen, especially in creative careers. Uh, I know plenty of artists and and folks who they're making incredible things, yet they you know wake up with horrible anxiety and and fears every single day. Um, when it comes to that imposter syndrome that you've been feeling at different aspects of your career has it changed at all over time? Has it kind of shown itself in different ways and, and how might that look, have looked in your background?
0: That is a great question. Um, I feel like it always rears its ugly head at similar times and it's always when I started a new job, um, especially one in which I, let's say like, hadn't fully developed those skills yet or I was stepping into a next level role. Um, every time I would you know second guess myself and be like, Can I do this? Like, what if I fail? And that's like the biggest um, question that imposter syndrome asks. Um, You know, I never did, and I don't think people really do fail. I think that you can teach, you know, you can teach the skills of the job, but you know, the kind of personality traits you need to do a job aren't malleable, right? Um, So I feel like that's when imposter syndrome for me came up the most. But you really can stop it in its tracks when you kind of remind yourself. And this is really cheesy, but just like repeating mantras or like giving yourself a pep talk and being like, hey, you are good at this or like you've been spending a long time doing this. Um, and, you know, it's okay to be a beginner at something, you know. Um, we're not designed to be experts in everything in life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I have a note in the other room. It says there is nothing to master. Um, we're all just kind of practicing these skills every day and The more you practice, the better you get. But there's never like a point where you're like, well, I guess I never need to practice that ever again, right? Because that's when you start losing it. Um, Has most of your career been in full-time roles or in contract roles? What has been the sort of breakout as a creative?
0: Yeah, um, that is a great question. And I feel like this year has been a very interesting shift Mm -hmm. for me because I took my first full-time job and started it um, March of my senior year, and I was working part time before I even graduated. Um, and I never had any sort of break. The longest break I took, I think, was like three weeks in between jobs to give myself one week off. Um, so I never, I only have full time jobs, um, and then I've been doing freelance things on the side um, for about eight years.
1: That's awesome. Do you feel like the freelance stuff helps you maintain those? that that kind of consistency in the full-time roles?
0: So for me, most of my freelance work, especially in the beginning stages, was about flexing muscles that I wasn't using at my full-time job. Um, so it was like an opportunity for me to learn something totally new um, or improve upon a skill that I wanted to um, get better at. So I, I feel like it almost like helped me in my full-time roles but I wasn't always going after the same types of projects. Um, so that's been really interesting.
1: It's really cool. So when when you started moving through your career, what were some of the high points? What were the parts where you felt like you were in full flow?
0: Honestly, I think when I was music editor of Gaper's Block and I got to do all these cool things like I interviewed like Sam Beam of Iron and Wine, I like Whoa. interviewed Andrew Bird, I like um yeah I did all of these cool things I was reviewing these really awesome shows I like went to pitchfork on a press pass it was just like a very magical time in like my personal life because all of these like kind of like the almost famous of today I was mm-hmm. kind of felt like I was doing or living um and I was also like just there's something about hospitality and that's what's making me so sad about this year um that it's such like a magical industry. You're working with such a diverse um, group of people from all walks of life and their one mission is helping others. Um, so I was like doing all this awesome stuff on the side, working with these great people in the pursuit of trying to help people. It was just, it felt really, um, really aligned.
1: That's amazing. I'm, I'm so jealous that you got to interview Andrew Bird. He's like on repeat on my Spotify all the time
0: it was the most intimidating thing ever. I was so nervous because he's a genius. I was like, I need to ask some questions he hasn't been asked before. I need to like impress him. So I feel like I researched for like several hours to get the questions right.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. I remember I went and saw him at, uh, in, in Millennium Park, uh, back sometime, like right after college. And we like, we're running late. We get off the red line and I'm like, where is it? Where where do we go? And it's, we just heard like whistling through the streets and we're like, oh, that direction, run, run. It was so cool.
0: There he is. You can follow the whistle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, that's so, you mentioned this research that you do in your interviews, right? And I find it so interesting to see how folks apply the skills of their specialty, of their career to the job search. Um, and I'm curious, like what, Parts of being a writer, do you think helped you maintain a successful career for all these years?
0: Yes. Um, well, I think I really hate the term personal brand because I feel like it's just it's just you. Like I don't feel like humans.
1: Reputation. I'm gonna get
0: like I'm gonna get argued at in the comments of this, but I just don't feel like humans are brands. Um, obviously, we have a way to you know display ourselves and tell our stories, and I think I'm very good at that, and I think I've been able to consistently you know, update that story and really kind of showcase exactly who I am on my website. So when someone shows up to interview me, they know exactly who I am and what I do and kind of my values, um, how I talk, like everything from being super conversational um, to, you know, what I've done in the past. So I think that definitely has helped a lot. Um, And then just in being a writer, to it really helps me to not only be interviewed, but also to interview the interviewer, Um, Mm -hmm. because I also like can pick up on subtle cues that, you know, they might be giving off and then ask them something um, about the company or the job um, that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have picked up on otherwise. So, yeah, I feel like it's kind of made me more intuitive.
1: Yeah. That ability, that ability to build rapport is huge in the interview and, and to stay calm and chill. And that's, that's you all the way. Uh,
0: <laughs> i <I'm trying.
1: laughs> yeah. Um, it's taken
0: a long time.
1: Yeah. Well, well, so when, as we go through your, your history here, there is a moment and that is the topic of the podcast, right? But there is a moment where a layoff happens. So tell us about the, you know, without getting into anything that might be too, uh, Uh, confidential. Uh, Let us know, you know, what were you working on at that time? And uh, what was, how long were you at this, this role before, uh, you know, that LAL happened?
0: So I was there about, I just rounded out about 10 and a half months. Um, And I really liked it. It was a very fun work environment. I got to work on um, a lot of different things. And I was working on um, a few different client projects than I had in the past, um, but obviously everything had been changing with, with COVID. Um, so yeah, I was just chugging along and still learning. And yeah, it was very surprising.
1: When it did it kind of happen, um, was it via email? Was it in person? Is there, you know, what what are you able and willing to share?
0: I will say multiple layoff situations in the past year. I feel like with Kind of the survivor's guilt that I had in two of those, I was able to see a variety of different layoffs and how they were done. Some were done, you know, in person and they were, you know, ushered out. Some were with an email the day before. Um, mine was with an email, and I kind of just knew because the meeting invite didn't say anything. Um, so I kind of just figured that was it. Um, my dad's an HR director, so I kind of bounced that off him and was like, "What do you think?" Um, and I just it kept happening to friends of mine as well, so I kind of knew what was coming
1: you can You can really tell these things from those subtle human changes like those those tiny tiny details are really what gives it away it 's like the timing of a meeting or the the lack of of information or, or something along those mm-hmm. lines um, so i i 'd love to learn just a little bit more about the the writing industry and and your experiences with it and how it's changed due to everything going on in the world. So like, how has the landscape sort of shifted in the last six months?
0: So when I was laid off, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I want to get a full-time job right away? Or do I want to, you know, try to freelance? And I already had a few clients already. Um, So I decided to do that. And what I'm noticing more and more is that Um, a lot of people are freelancing and almost like uh, same situation as me like they were laid off and then they just started doing this and all of a sudden it became their way of life Um, and I'm seeing just a lot more I guess freedom for writers like you can choose whether you want you know permanent job home or something part-time or to build your own business it's a very exciting time Um, especially as we get into talking about you know um AI, like writing automation that's coming and um, I'm not really that worried about it just because I think, you know, a computer can't, can't write like a human would, um, doesn't know the story of a brand, doesn't know the tone of voice, um, can't understand those nuances and things. So I think, like, obviously this year is awful, um, but I think there's a lot of opportunities for writers out there for different companies and as they pivot to during this time.
1: And I think that that goes into the mindset you have around it too, right? Because there's a ton of people who are in a similar position to you, but maybe aren't thinking as optimistically about what's out there and, and how you can, you know, approach these things. Like even AI, right? Some people are like AI death. We're all dying. We're going to, it's going to completely ruin the world. And, and, and then there's other people that are like, it's already here. It's in my ear. I'm I got a phone in my hand. Right. And so there are various perspectives to take on layoffs, on careers, on you know everything that's going on in the world. Uh, what are some of the things that are helping you stay motivated and stay positive?
0: You know, I think just counting my blessings, almost like um, trying to focus on the positive. I know you know humans are wired um, with a negativity bias, so we'll mm-hmm. always go to the worst case scenario, and this year does not make that easy. It, in fact, I think makes everything so hard. Um, but I feel, you know, positive that I did have these past clients or that, you know, friends of friends would see an opportunity and think of me and, you know, forward my name along. I think just having connections and people in your corner during these times is what, what you really need, whether you're searching for a job or just going through a rough patch
1: and so when that layoff happened and you got that email the day before you you were sitting in that anxiety let's go back to that moment what were the thoughts going through your head when you got that that meeting on your calendar and you started reaching out to your dad for (laughs) additional thoughts and advice what was that day like for you
0: Yeah. I mean, it was pretty bad. And also, you know, compounded by the fact that I wasn't in the office and I wasn't with my coworkers and it just felt really weird. Like I was just waiting um, for something not great to happen. It was just, it was a weird headspace for sure. What, what
1: did, what did you do to pass that time? Did you just kind of do that work and did you try and, you know, watch TV? Did you try and call people? What were the, what were the types of reactions? Because I think it's so interesting to see how we all sort of emotionally respond like i went out to dinner and was like this is my last this is like the the di- last dinner right here <laughs> before i have to tighten the belt you know um and so i'm always so curious like even like hour by hour like what were the fluctuations in in your thinking and in your emotions
0: yes it was very um very rapid like from hour to hour i feel like i just switched emotions like back and forth like i would almost um hit like an acceptance phase but then I would hit this like really sad phase and then I would just be like really stressed it was at 11 a.m and I'm so glad it was in the morning because I would not have been able to wait until the afternoon um and I do know some of my friends there who also got laid off were in the afternoon and I cannot imagine knowing at that point because they had to know um but I can't imagine knowing and then just having to sit with it for a while Um, and i'm just glad it it was it was a really quick conversation um it was really simple yeah i'm glad it was in the morning so i could just refocus and was
1: it hr or was it like someone on your team
0: it's a really small company so it wasn't like i was meeting with someone that i didn't know um so that was great like it was i mean like no i guess what i'm trying to say is like no layoff is great but if you're going to get laid off it's better having it done by someone you know versus like someone at the corporate office or something who like flies in like kind of like up in the air that movie of oh, George Clooney yeah. where he like flies around to fire people um yeah it's it made it kind of better because obviously the situation is totally out of my control and i knew it wasn't performance related it's just this crazy year
1: mhm I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned up in the air and and I'm kind of surprised that I've gotten this far into this many conversations and that hasn't come up um, because that, that would be so, like they have those scenes where everyone's screaming and yelling and crying. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if it was that impersonal, I could totally imagine uh, the, that emotion coming out. But I had a similar one to you where I knew the person and I was like, well, all right, like, what are you <laughs> <we do>? yeah, <laughs> and that what are you going to do attitude is such a, such an interesting one. So as you, you. as you went through that experience, and, and you, uh, you know, 11am rolls around and goes by and you're, you know, you're working remote. And you're also, you know, potentially gonna have to go in and get your stuff. What, what was the rest of that day like for you?
0: I mean, luckily, um, I had actually started working from home, you know, a week, prior to um to like the lockdown in Chicago so when I did I actually had a sense that COVID was going to last for kind of a while just from what I was gathering and when I I took that extra week I took most of my stuff so I already had kind of all the stuff that was important to me just the stuff that it was like papers and some like sticky notes that I had left at the office so I really didn't have anything to get which was really sad because I feel like I didn't get like that, you know, I didn't get to have like goodbye drinks with my coworkers or, you know, say goodbye to the office or anything. It was just a weird, um, I had to like mail my stuff, which totally, which was great that they had us like, you know, they sent someone to get all of our stuff. So we didn't have to like go back to the office and kept us safe. Um, It was just, it was really weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how, similar our experiences were. Um yeah, because I was working remote at the time too. It wasn't COVID, but it was it was interesting. Like, oh, I gotta like mail a laptop. <laughs> strange is yes. that? Yeah, it's a very interesting experience. Um and then, you know, what did you do, you know, after the fact? What were your next steps and and how did you end up, you know I guess what what were some of the highlights between then and what you're working on today?
0: Honestly, I don't think I would have ever Made the jump to full time freelance unless I had been forced into it. So I'm actually right now like really grateful. Obviously, I'm not like it wasn't great at the time, but right now looking back, I'm like, okay, this actually pushed me to do something I might not have done before. Um, And since then, I've been like able to work with a ton of different clients in a lot of different industries. So I'm always working on something new. Um, with a range of content marketing, so I'll be working on you know social promotions or p r or brand messaging, uh, website copy, content strategy, any of the above um, for you know financial companies, lifestyle companies, um a hospitality company so it's it's just been a lot more um variety i would say
1: yeah that that sort of push out of the the nest, right that that fall to try and do your own thing it seems to be becoming very prevalent uh, in the midst of everything and I think it's it's an exciting time for folks to figure out what their interests are and where and where their skills can be best put to use and and how to be their own boss because we all got to learn it anyway now that we 're remote, you know. Now that we're all remote, we have to learn how to manage our our time and our days and our boundaries and everything. So you might as well totally. give entrepreneurship a shot. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Might as well. Yeah, why not? And and so looking back at your whole experience, is there anything that you would either do differently or recommend someone do uh, who who's going through a similar experience? Because it does seem like you were able to bounce back really well. And I think sometimes people will, you know, when you get laid off, you might lose your reputation because it's the company's reputation, your identity because it's that job title and your security because it's that salary. And it seems like you were able to hang on to your sense of identity in a much more strong way based on the way that you had built your career over the years, then maybe someone else might have.
0: I really appreciate you saying that. And I'm glad that I'm coming off that way, but I spiraled for a solid month um, or at least two weeks, like intense spiraling um, before it actually felt better. Um, Because I think, you know, even if the circumstances of your life, like mine were, you know, business impacts from COVID um, you still think that it's you, like no matter what, I don't know anyone who hasn't been laid off who's hasn't at some level been like, well, if I was valuable, they would have kept me, you know? Um, So I mean, it just, it's a big moment for your mind to like run rampant and just go crazy and be like, you know, thinking about the ways you did your job and wondering if you did a good enough job or that you were friendly in the office or, you know, anything that's so silly that um, none of them were the reasons (laughs) that you had to be laid off. But um, it just makes you question almost kind of like you said your identity or question your um, you know how hard you worked or your worth as an, an employee. Um, so that's i I think that was bad for a few weeks. Um, but I knew you know having done freelance before, I think really helped because I knew it was possible, and it wasn't like I was starting from scratch or like didn't know how to do anything on the side. I'd already been doing it. Um, so then once I was able to kind of pull myself out of the quagmire of sadness, um, then I was able to see a little bit more clearly and say like, okay, maybe you just need to do what you're doing now, but with like six clients and then just get six projects and then it would feel okay.
1: That's awesome. And did you do any like rebranding or re-identifying, uh, of, of what you do and how you do it?
0: Yeah, I mean, this has been really interesting. I feel like I've had to learn um, to be a bit more discerning right now because there are actually a lot of opportunities for freelance writers right now. Um, and I had to get clear on like what my yeses and what my no's were. Like one of my no's is I'm not a medical writer and I don't want to be one. It's just not my jam. Props to the people that are, but, I, or like a technical writer. It's just, it's just not my thing. So getting clear on kind of like what your nose are and then being discerning and then, you know, not saying yes to everything and overbooking yourself either because you can end up working you know, 80 hour weeks.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That I definitely really can happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you learn that stuff by, you know, stepping too far over the line and then having to pull back or were you kind of, you know, well prepared for it from your earlier freelancer days?
0: Um, that's a great question. I feel like I am a recovering perfectionist. I will call myself that. Um, and I love to do everything like 120%. And I think I can do it all, but like over the past few years, I've started really trying to dismantle that and work smarter, not harder. Um, so I feel like, yeah, um, you know, I've kind of overcome that by trial and error, like in jobs where I took on too many projects and said I could do it. And now I'm, working all weekend every weekend for six months or something or um, I take on a freelance project and don't ask enough questions about scope and it's you know 80 hours instead of eight hours and things like that so I think you kind of learn by just hitting those roadblocks and they make you you know better afterwards but I think everyone just has to hit them at some point.
1: Yeah I I definitely think that's true and it's making me start to think about a whole nother conversation I want to have with you about. Like, maybe we do a freelancer series or something down the line and, and talk to you about that work. That'd be so cool. I love that. Um, if someone is an aspiring writer right now, um, or if they're looking for writing services, where can they find you?
0: If they're looking for writing services, they can email me at sarahbrookswrites at gmail.com. Um, or find me on LinkedIn. That's the only social media account I have. Just message me on LinkedIn. I've actually had a lot of recent college grads do that. um, And it's been really nice to kind of, it's like looking at myself like eight years ago and being able to give them some advice. It feels really sweet. Um, So I'm always down to, you know, chat with people and um, answer questions or just boost someone up too.
1: That's fantastic. Well, we will definitely point people in the direction of your LinkedIn page, which now has stories. So get ready for a whole new level of LinkedIn coming up, coming out yeah. as of literally today. Um, and Sarah, It's only
0: a matter of time.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, soon we'll be TikTok in our way into the, into the feed.
0: It
1: will. <laughs> I'm going to well, dance
0: and talk about content. No, oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Just point there and then point there and then yep. have another thing of that. No. <laughs> Thank yep. you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And I really appreciate you sharing your story because I think your point earlier about not thinking so many steps ahead and kind of enjoying the journey and taking things one step at a time is incredibly helpful for folks to hear, especially as like, literally, uh, I mean, 2021 is right around the corner and we have no idea what it's going to look like. So there's really no better advice than that of learn how to enjoy the moment no matter where you're at in the process.
0: Totally. Thank you for having me. This has been great and just refreshing to, you know, chat about this and, and for anyone else who has been laid off, like you're not alone and your worth is not your job or your salary. It's your, your separate thing. You're your own thing.
1: I love it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for stopping by this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you, and if you're curious about what we do here at Career Therapy, head on over to www.careertherapy.com to see all of our coaching options, resources, and links to other things we got going on. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, something that you've gone through, a transition you've experienced in your career, whether it's getting a job after college or going through a layoff or getting back into the workforce after raising your family, we would love to hear from you. Head over to linkedin.com slash in slash Martin McGovern and shoot me a DM. Let me know what's going on. And I really like to share your story with the world. What we're trying to do here is really normalize the emotional side of the job search because we all go through it. We all have tough times in our careers. And sharing these stories really helps people feel less alone and feel more empowered to take their career back into their own hands and make something of it. So thank you again for stopping by. If you'd like to leave a like or a comment, subscribe or share, or leave us a review on iTunes and I think maybe even Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in all of your career endeavors, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.